Good morning, you beautiful buttholes. And the rest of you ugly bastards out there. Um, this is the Two Ugly Bastards podcast coming at you again. Um, today, we're going to be doing a breakdown of an album. And we have chosen to do American Idiot by Green Day. It is personally one of my favorites. Um, it was a big, big hit for them. And then it later got turned into a Broadway musical, which even at one point Davey Havoc starred in, which I wish I could have seen that. But, you know, it ended its run before I had a chance. Sad day. But, yeah, we're just going to go through, talk about each of the tracks, give a little breakdown of each one, you know, kind of what we think about it, how the lyrics, you know, kind of speak to us a little bit. Um, Yeah. So. I am your host, uh, the Redneck Gnome, and I've got my co-host here, the one and only Redneck Yankee, not to be confused by anybody else, by the way. Does that happen often? Do you get confused for other people? I don't know. Some people say I look like other random people and shit like that. I, I just don't get it. But... Like the Redneck Gnome said, we are discussing this album, but unfortunately, before we start, we have to do another honorable mention in the land of rock and roll and music. This one is an oldie, but unfortunately, we lost another music icon not that long ago, Mr. David Crosby from Crosby, Steals, and Nash. I don't know what it is, but they are dropping like flies. This is not good. No, I'm not a fan of all this, uh, you know, music icons dying, especially right at the beginning of the year. Yes, yes. I mean, we just lost him two days ago, which, like I said, is sad news. But, you know, we'll always have his music and his band's music to remember him by and this and that so to mr crosby's family hope everything is going well and fly high with the greats out there you know sadly i think about this sometimes um it's always at the beginning of the year we happen to lose a wave of you know great musical legends um Thinking back in years past, uh, I think it was like right after New Year's that we lost David Bowie. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing, if I remember correctly, I'd have to Google it. Like, But I, I want to say um, same thing happened with Prince. When did Prince die? Yeah, David Bowie, we lost him uh, January 10th of 2016. Um, your Prince fine. was actually I, in April. Well, yeah. Um, Prince, that was another one that kind of shocked the world too when he passed. Dude, I know. Mm -hmm. Especially me being from, you know, Minnesota, his hometown, and, you know, the whole state pretty much paid paid tribute to Prince. And that Super Bowl, Justin Timberlake paid tribute to him in his halftime show, and the whole city during a halftime show in Minneapolis when they had the Super Bowl just lit up purple. It was it was phenomenal. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's just sad, man. Like, and I don't know what it is. It seems like it's always like in the beginning half of the year we start losing mm-hmm. people. It is. All right. Well, after that sad bit of stuff, how about we get into the good shit? Let's do it. So jumping in onto the Green Day album, American Idiot, the first song is actually American Idiot. And, you know, it it comes in very high energy. It's, you know, it's straight up just good old fashioned punk. And it even starts off like the first verse is hella punk saying, don't want to be an American idiot. You know, and talking about, can you hear the sound of hysteria, the subliminal mind? Fuck America. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that just right there goes to show you that they're like, yep, nope, ain't going to do it. Not today, buddy. And, you know, this album came out in 2004. Mm -hmm. And that was, let's see. Good old President Jeta Bush. Oh, yeah. Who uh, many people were not a fan of. Nope. Many people were not a fan of. But I will throw this out there, though. In the time, and y'all motherfuckers can argue with this me. This ain't getting political and whatnot. But in the time of Trump, I much much rather would have had fucking Bush. Just throwing that out there. And that's where I'm ending it. Yeah, we'll we'll drop that there. We won't go any further than that. Like, no, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want this to turn into a, a whole politics thing. No, but. that's what I'm saying. It's getting dropped right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what 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 I kind of think is funny is too with American Idiot. When you look at the lyrics, that song kind of pokes fun at the whole like time we were going into because my friend Squirrely he had a shirt with GW's face on it, the current president at the time. And the, on the back of it, it said, idiot son of an asshole. And every time I see that shirt, I always think of American idiot because to me, I think American idiot is kind of poking fun at that rep. Oh, yeah, I feel like, you know, they were trying to be very political with this album. I mean, you remember the video, and we can get into that later too. But um, the video for "Wake Me Up When September Ends," yeah, the whole you know kid going off to to war and all that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like this first song though, it just it came in hard, and they intended it to be that way. They wanted it to be kind of a you know shove this in your face. The government sucks, um, and we're going to sing about it. Yeah, and this album too is it it uh it kind it came out in the era of of the age and the period of us that we were all kind of you know still on you know the whole nine eleven and all that other stuff. So they kind of came out at a time point where like, hey, nobody's really talked about this kind of shit really. So yeah, let's drop an album about it that kind of talks about the period that was shaped by events such as 9-11 and the war in Iraq and other like that. And they got a lot of heat for it, too. A lot of people call this a very unconventional, controversial type of album, if you want to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what they were going for, though. 
I mean, they wanted oh, yeah. to speak out because they felt like us putting boots on the ground overseas in the Middle East was wrong, and this was their way of saying that. Mm-hmm. And that's also around the time period. I know we're talking about um, American, you know, Green Day's American Idiot album. That's also around the time period when System of the Down released their album that had BYOB on. Yep. Yeah, there was a lot of people, a lot of, you know, music artists getting political with their music, um, speaking out about, you know, how long it's been that. And this was, again, 2004. We're talking almost 19 years ago. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah, 19 years ago. It'll be 20 next year that this, you know, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I know it may, and when you see like, oh, 19 years ain't that far back, but you got to realize that shit, that, that was my freshman year of high school, you know? No, wait, that would have been, let's see here. When did this actual album come out? It came out in that 2004. Yeah, I was seeing when in 2004, though. Uh, uh, September. Yeah, September 21st, 2004. Yeah, so that was, it came out in my sophomore year of high school so yeah i mean it was gnarly dude i mean just to think about fuck <laughs> you know you were a freshman in 2004 well 0304 oh, okay. when the album came out i was a sophomore. i would have made you a sophomore yeah yeah that's what i'm saying yeah gotcha good old 2007 baby i graduated 05 yeah kiss my ass old man we're the same age dude <laughs> You just got lucky and graduated early. Don't blame me because I got a big brain. Okay. (laughs) You say so. Moving on. (laughs) That's kind of the one where you just kind of let that door open a little bit and I just kind of went there. Do you want to discuss GPAs right now? Man, I can't even discuss that because I ain't even in school right now. So that don't count. That's unfair. No, I'm talking back in high school. Oh, shit, dude. I barely scraped by. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> 3.7, man. <laughs> I think mine was, dude, if I had to guess, mine was barely a two. Dude, I scooted by just barely, just barely. I, I think they got to the point where they said, just fuck it. Let's get this idiot out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding, dude. <laughs> Hey, we are the American idiots. Exactly. We are living fucking proof. So that was American Idiot. That The title track was the first song off of that album. The second one, though, Jesus of Suburbia. This is where it starts getting into, you know, a, Green Day kind of wanted to turn this into like a concept album. Um, mm-hmm. And this is where they introduced the character Jesus of Suburbia. And God, this song is, how long is this song? Nine minutes. Yeah. Um, But it it goes through so many changes throughout the whole thing. But it's it's so, it it all fits together super well. Mm -hmm. And and it does. It, I mean, it's, I mean, you're sitting there for just shy of 10 minutes and you're like, all right, is this damn thing ever going to end? But you're like, all right. And then when it does end, you're like, well, fuck, I want to hear more. Exactly. Like, you would almost think you listened to half the album at this point, and it's only the second song. Exactly. 
you're like, well, fuck, dude. Can y'all keep going on this or what? I guarantee you they could have took Jesus of Suburbia and just made a whole, like, 45-minute song and just keep on going it and and just release that. And it would have probably just got blown out of the water. It's not even funny. It's just, it is such a roller coaster ride from beginning to end, but it's got some really great lyrical content in it. Mm-hmm. And I will applaud bands and groups and whatnot who can literally tell a story in a song and it makes you want more. Right. You know, it's like, okay, because. Yeah, you read books and whatnot, and they tell you a story, but if you can literally tell a whole story in less than 10 minutes in a song, and it makes you want more, that's fucking talent right there all day long. It's just, it it blows my mind, and I'm, I've got the lyrics pulled up here, and it's broken down into sections, you know, the the just this one track, it has like five or six different parts to it. Mm-hmm. It's got the Jesus of Suburbia part, then the City of the Damned, then I Don't Care, Dearly Beloved, and then Tales of Another Broken Home. Right. And again, that's what they were trying to do with this is make a concept album, the whole thing telling a story, which is, I I love it. I get off on that shit. Um, we know. Don't judge me. But... It's one of those things, like, I, I really wish I could have actually seen the whole American Idiot Broadway show, like, live in person, just yeah. to see how all of this really pulls together. But it's just, it's a whole lot of angst and emotion packed in here, and I love every second of it. Oh, yeah. And I don't know about you, but I feel like, musically, though, this was... A, like a giant flex for Green Day showing off like, hey, you know, most people know us as being the band that plays like five different chords and does a lot of punk shit. Um, uh-huh. But yep. they started really like branching out a little bit more, showing off their skills. And yeah. it just it really shines through on this album. Yeah. And I mean, in any band that's coming off of, you know, this is, this was what their, this was their seventh album in, you know, I mean, they dropped their first album back in 1990 when I was a year old. So, I mean, they've, they've been around the block a long time, a long time. Yeah, they have. And like I said, like this though, for me, I remember hearing Green Day as a kid in the 90s. I, I do. Um, you know, Basket Case. Uh, what's some other ones? Brain Stew. Oh, yeah. You know, just some of the some of their big 90s hits. You know, everybody kind of remembers that stuff. But this album, though, was when I really connected to Green Day and was like, dude, this shit's awesome. Yeah, and I think this album, and I think this album too, was another album that a lot of people connected to Green Day, and this was probably one of their first albums that they even ever heard of. That they even ever like. This was probably their first album they of Green Day they even ever listened to. So it brought it got Green Day more younger fans that were a little bit younger than us at the time, and they're like, 
holy shit, you know? And right. I mean, for fucking Billy Joel Armstrong to be getting ready to fucking push 51 next month and still out there kicking ass, doing shows, doing music and whatnot is like, yeah, it's phenomenal. It really is. I mean, I always had dreams of, you know, making it in music myself, but obviously that didn't pan out. Um, but I'd always I mean, hoped. Yeah. I think, I think all of us deep down inside somewhere down the line had always had a dream of either making it in music or making it in a professional sport or acting and, or, or something. And, yeah. but you know, yeah, I'd always hoped that if I had made it to that point, though, like I would still kick ass like Green Day does, even though they're they're getting on up there in years. Yeah. And they still sound good, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, they still they're they, they still sound phenomenal. I mean, hell, they just they came out with uh, an album two years ago. Yep. Um, Father of all motherfuckers, which is to me the best fucking album name you could ever have right <laughs> you know and it's just like okay yeah let's fucking do it <laughs> you know father of all motherfuckers yes father of all motherfuckers and they do not hold back no they do not they do not hold back at all so then after jesus of suburbia we get one of the biggest hits off of this album. And I mean, it was played on like rock radio stations. I remember it coming on top 40 stations. I mean, it was played just about everywhere except for the country stations. But yeah, next up, we've got the song Holiday, the third mm-hmm. track off of this album. Yep. And yeah. did you like you played um, you played drums, right? Yeah. Yep. Did you ever try to learn any of these songs like when this album came out? Not this album, no. Um pretty I think the only Green Day song that I can remember off the top of my head that uh I learned was I want to say Basket Kings. Yeah. It's one of their it's one of their popular ones and I wish I could play it, but I can't right now. Unfortunately, technology is not my friend. But, yeah. Well, I just remember, like, when I heard this, um, I hadn't been playing guitar for very long. And I was also getting into playing bass. And this song has a, uh, like, kick-ass bass line going into, like, the bridge. Uh Bridge, breakdown, whatever you want to call it. Like, that, you know, right before the last chorus comes in. It's got this catchy little bass line going on, and that was the big thing to try to learn to play so you could play it at parties and impress people. So I learned how to play that. Uh-huh. I can't... What the... I'm trying to think of that song that... I'm like, I can't... Yeah, I, I get you. I'm trying to... I think that's it. I think I... Brain Stew, that's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Brain Stew's another good one. It's it's another one of their like big hits from like the nineties. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the that's the one that I, that that was the only one that I that I knew how to play. Cause I mean that one was just 
I know y'all will probably say it's a fucking cop-out because it's like one of the easiest ones to ever fucking play, especially during the slow part. But I mean, hey, it's all my drumming. See, I taught myself how to play the drums just by listening to music, sitting at a kit. Well, this before I even had a kit, just sitting there playing, beating on boxes and whatnot, getting my hand and foot rhythm coordination going and whatnot and then eventually going over to friends houses getting on their kits that they had and whatnot and then just teaching myself how to play so yeah i'll teach myself how to play the easy ones to start out with but i mean i grew i adapted i got more you know demanding and whatnot it took me about a good six months to learn how to do the double bass pedal i'll tell you that i can't even imagine like i i have sat down at a kit before trying to kind of teach myself how to play and it's the hardest thing in the world coming to that from playing guitar it just Mm -hmm. my hands and my feet don't want to coordinate with one another yeah it's it, it, it gets tricky i'll tell you that but you know i was told and whatnot when you learn to play the drums once you get it it's like riding a bike once you learn you never forget yeah makes sense but I will say you can forget uh, how to do the damn double bass pedal shit. I, I couldn't do that right now if I wanted to. doesn't mean I still can't play, but I just can't do the double pedals anymore. I'd have to relearn. That shit took me forever. <laughs> <laughs> God, that part, <clears throat> that part's not like riding a bike. <laughs> no, I can imagine that takes uh, some extra practice. Oh, yeah, it does because... If you lose one single, if you get off by one single beat on your double pedals in your song, you're, you, you're fucked. You got to start all over. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll like you were stuff saying, with strings on it, man. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, uh, but back to holiday though, like you were saying that, that like that song, it don't matter what radio station you were listening to. I think, besides country that that song was pretty much on every every station imaginable you can think of yeah it really was and you know it kind of turned into a big hit for them everybody learned of it but it's also another one of those even though it fits into this concept album they were doing it's um it's another one of those more political ones when you read Mm -hmm. through the lyrics and it's talking about, um, you know, bombs away is your punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's impactful. That's the word I was trying to think of. Um, like it, it, like I said before, Green Day. It feels like they were trying to make this big statement with this album, and they really pulled it off. Though some but people yeah. don't always agree with what they were trying to say. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you got to say the lyrics. I mean, if you just look at the first first one, it's it's uh, hear the sound of the falling rain coming down like an Armageddon flame. The shame, the ones who died without a name. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it goes back to what they were trying to say about us as, you know, a nation, America putting troops in the Middle East. And the lives that were lost over there, um, it, it was this was their way of protesting. Uh huh. Now, as we move on to track number four, though, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, mm-hmm. 
it it feels like this one is stepping away a little bit from so much of the political protest song and going more into that introspective um going back to the story the whole concept of the album it feels like you know uh mr armstrong there was trying to just get some emotions out with this one uh-huh yep do you know this one gets considered like an emo anthem yeah i mean i can see where they kind of consider it an emo anthem especially if you just sit there and read the lyrics and whatnot yeah I, I i can see where where it, it can fall under that i have just never thought of green day though as an emo band but no. this song whenever people talk about oh yeah yeah i've got an emo music playlist from like back in high school um yeah and this song is on there uh-huh uh-huh i mean i can see where like people would kind of where they can consider that being uh you know, on their emo playlist, especially if you actually sit there and listen to the lyrics, it's like, okay, yeah, I can, I get it. And like, I, I, I can see where they're coming from, but then again, I'm like green, like you just said, green Day's not really known as being an emo. They're being, they're known for being like a punk rock band. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Because looking at some of the lines and the verses though, like I, I get where they, they come up with, that idea you know talking about read between the lines what's fucked up and everything's all right um check my bottle signs to know i'm still alive and i walk alone yeah i walk alone i walk alone you know it's it's got very emo vibes it's just green day was never that band yeah you know and we're not throwing shade on the song because it's a damn good song it was like oh, yeah, yeah it was it was like they're God, i can't remember it was another one of their singles that they released off of this album that, again, just like Holiday. I think every- I could be wrong, but I want to say this was the first single that got released. Well, let's check. No. No? Uh, the first single from American Idiot was American Idiot. Damn, okay. Because that got released in August 6th, uh, about a month before they um, released the album. But Boulevard of Broken Dreams was their number was their second single that they released off of that album. Okay. Holiday was their third single they released off of that album, but they didn't release they didn't release it as a single until March the following year in 2005. Which have you ever thought about that like it feels like maybe back then and the music industry has changed quite a lot from just 20 years ago. But the album cycle and like how long it would be in between single releases was way longer. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. They would try to stretch it out and like have the album getting radio play as long as possible because it would take bands longer to write and create a new album. So they would try to keep one on the radio as long as they possibly could mm-hmm. until the next one came out. Yeah. I mean, they didn't release Jesus of Suburbia until uh, a year after that album was released. Like Jesus of Suburbia, their fifth single that they released off of that album, off of this album, didn't come out until October 25th of 2005. Interesting. Yeah. So, but yeah, back then they were you know 
a lot of, you know, a lot of the bands and whatnot were like, well, you know, we want to have this record out there for as long as we can and whatnot. Cause didn't they tour off of this album for like a good solid two years straight? I wouldn't be surprised if they did. And you're probably right. I just well, I have not looked that up to see. Yeah. Cause I mean, after American Idiot, their next album didn't come out until 2009. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been some big breaks in between their albums. Like after they came out with Nimrod in 1997, they released Warning in 2000, which didn't do so well. And then in 2004 is when they released American Idiot and then brought them back up to where they were. Yeah. And then they just rode the American Idiot roller coaster for as long as they can before they're like, all right, we're going to release 21st Century Breakdown in 2009. Yeah. You know, and and then after 2009, they didn't come out with an, uh, any more albums until 2012 when they released Uno Del Strike. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yep. And then after that, there was another four year gap before revolution radio came out and then another four-year gap before they released father of all motherfuckers so i think it seems like they have a pattern then yeah eh, whatever works yep because between american idiot and 21st century breakdown was five years and then when they released the albums uno dos trace that was a three-year gap and then another four-year gap in 2016 and then another four-year gap for 2020 but okay. I mean, when you're Green Day, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Well, that's true too. I mean, they kind of <laughs> they they have definitely carved out their own place in rock and roll history. And oh yeah, even even at the point that uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams came out, you know, they were already super well known. Oh yeah, so they can kind of just get away with doing whatever the hell they feel like. Oh yeah. Where were you? Like, do you remember the first time you heard Boulevard of Broken Dreams? Is is it one uh, of those that like stands out in your mind? God, the first time I heard Boulevard of Broken Dreams, when did that song get released? That got released before it's 2004. It got released. It got released before their album dropped. God, you know, I'm I'm trying to think of where. Well, I know I know I was living in Nashville recently. No, I was still no, I was still in Minnesota. At that time, I was still in Minnesota at that time. So, yeah, it's trying to remember back that far for me is like, dude, what the fuck? You can barely remember what you did three days ago. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember like, you know, the exact moment that I heard it. But I remember like around the time it was who I was around at that time socially, like who who my friends were, what we what I was kind of doing with my life back then. Yeah, yeah. For me, I was still working at that same old Burger King <laughs> with your hot manager who was actually the one who put me onto this album. <laughs> nice. And yeah, it was just it was <clears throat> one of those that a lot of a lot of the people that I worked with there though were listening to the same kind of stuff. We would yeah, have yeah. Uh, a radio back in the kitchen where I worked and people would just kind of bring in their own music and somebody, we would go through a rotation. It, you know, if it was so-and-so's day, you could bring whatever CDs you wanted to pop in and listen to it for that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was her day and she brought in this album and that's what we listened to. I was like, 
Oh, okay. Maybe I do kind of like Green Day. Mm-hmm. I think I think when I first heard this album and that song, I was I was still at Patrick Henry High School at the time. This this was before I cause I yeah, because I went because I switched schools about midway through sophomore year to a different high school up there. And I remember, you know, being around everybody that I used to hung out with. And you're going to freak out when I say this. Yes. When I was in Minnesota, I went to church and I heard it with that, you know, heard around it, all the friends that I go to, that I went to church with and whatnot, you know, for the youth groups and everything. And that's around the same time. That's around the time I heard it. And I was just like, okay, this is, this is dope, you know? And like I've I've previously heard Green Day before this song even came out. Like my sister, my middle sister, when she was in high school, she was she went through them phases. Like she before she got into high school, when she was in middle school, she was listening to like Backstreet Boys, In Sync, and all them. And then when she got into high school, she started to listen to like Corn, Green Day, Limp Biscuit, all them, all them bands and whatnot. So I first heard uh, Green Day from my sister when she was playing it in her room. I was like, okay, it's pretty cool. This, you know. Yeah. Um, it's funny how, you know, you normally get your music taste from somebody older than you who has listened to more shit than you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, exactly. You know, it's it, it's weird. Like, there, there's, there's times where you know, like I listened to what I did and then some of my friends in high school, they were like, hey, have you checked out this band or hey, have you heard of these guys before? And I'm like, no, they're like, well, here, check them out and whatnot. You know, I was like, oh, okay, it's pretty dope, you know? Yep. So I'm like, all right. You know, I mean, like I'm still to this, I'm still like that to this day. Like that's where like my music uh stuff is i mean it's it's a wide a wide range because i mean i can listen to just pretty much anything you know yeah no i'm kind of the same way um i mean i definitely have certain things that i listen to more than others Mm -hmm. but i'm open Mm -hmm. to pretty much anything and you know between uh us and the dwarf and the elf that we hang around with um you know we all have some very diverse musical tastes and sometimes we'll be uh sharing stuff between all of us and that's what i like to do when i find something good i like to share it with people and be like hey Mm -hmm. i think this this is pretty cool you might like it too give it a listen tell me what you think yeah Uh uh-huh and i've and i've done that to you too you know a couple of times too with bands i've been you know been listening to and you're like oh hey i've never like really like yeah well if you like this one then you'll like them you know yeah. they're kind of similar yeah i mean music is the the common ground for everybody mm-hmm. like you could literally go through my my playlist right now on my youtube music app and it'll bounce back and, and it'll go from fucking disney music to fucking lamb of god to fucking carrie underwood to fucking twisted to fucking juvenile to Back to fucking corn, Limp Biscuit, Seether, to fucking Jelly Roll, to Spice it, Girls. 
Yes, Spice Girls. I will admit it, dude. Fucking, when I was growing up young, when that fucking movie Spice World came out, I watched the dog shit out of that. I'm not going to lie. And it was such a shit movie. It was, but it was a shit movie, but I was just like, oh my, I, I just stared at the, stared at them the whole time. But yeah, I mean, there were very few guys who watched that movie who were actually watching it for the, uh, exactly, you know, for the cinema I mean, aspect of it. Like what, like 10, like when the, okay, I've got to Google this now since we kind of got on this. I got to figure out when the fuck that movie came out. Give me a second. You do that. I'm going to go ahead and pull up the lyrics to the next song here. All right. So track number five, Are We the Waiting? It came out in 1997. Holy shit, Batman. No shit is right, dude. Like, holy shit, Batman is right. That was a long fucking time ago, dude. (laughs) Oh, shit. I did that wrong. Hold on. So while you're looking at all that, um, getting back to I was eight, like eight or nine when that damn movie came out. I would have been nine and 97. Fuck that. God damn. I'm old. I would have been eight. Yeah, you are. Hold on. Said release date, January 23rd, 1998. I would have been nine. Fixing the turn 10. Same. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Fuck. It's all right. Time moves on. Yeah. But I got to ask you, I got to ask you this one question and then we'll get back to the, to the album. Yeah. Out of the Spice Girls, who do you think was? Posh. Really? Victoria Beckham. Really? If you were about to ask me which one I was, I, th- I thought was the best looking. Yeah. It's, it's Posh. Man, I've, I, I got to go with Baby. Nah. Dude, she still gets it. She looks the same as she does back then. Like, holy crap. No, nah, it, it was Victoria Beckham for me all, all the way. Can we can we get back to the Green Day album now, though? Yeah, I'll quit. I'll quit fanboying. All right. <laughs> so track number five, Are We the Waiting? Um, This one is like... It, it feels very poetic to me as I'm reading through the lyrics and thinking about, you know, the, the melody of the song and everything. It's very chill, but it also, um, you know, when you hear the chorus of it, it's uh, it, it's hard to describe it. It's got the the group vocals, almost like a chanting and everything going on with um, yeah. mm-hmm. how how it's laid out. But the verses are very soft and, you know, like I said, it feels very poetic night sky kind of thing to me. Uh huh. And this is one of those, like, if you didn't have the album, you wouldn't have really heard it without, you know, listening to the album all the way through. This one was not released as a single. Um, and this is one of the shortest songs on the album coming in at two minutes and 44 seconds. Um, no, it wasn't. What? What wasn't? Released as a single. Oh, yeah, no. No, this one didn't come out as a single. It was just... Yeah, you're doing your robot thing again. Oh, word. 
My bad. <laughs> Fucking internet. I know, man. Internet is shit. Um, God, you need to go back in the closet, laundry closet or something. I am not. I have the house to myself. I'm not going to hide out in the laundry room tonight. <laughs> I am sitting on my couch with my dog beside me, and I am comfortable. There you go. I'm not cramping myself into this tiny ass little laundry room. Uh huh. But in case I was cutting out during that time, what I was saying is this album or this song off of the album was not released as a single, but it's still a really good one. It just, it has very poetic vibes to me, very chill, except for the chorus, which is anthemic is what comes to mind um with the way that the vocals are done on it and it it's almost like a a group vocal chant so yeah it's uh-huh. just it's a very strong song it is and then after that we got good old saint jimmy yeah. you good over there yeah i was trying to get my computer to work being a dick man you and that computer, it's like a fight every every time we try to record. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's working. It's just fucking my phone's on the Wi-Fi. Computer's on the Wi-Fi. They're kind of fighting, so. It happens. Yeah, I think that and I'm trying to pop open so many goddamn tabs, it's not even funny. See, I don't have that many open tonight. I'm surprised. Well, it's because... I'm just on like one tab, you know, with all the lyrics and stuff pulled up on it. Yeah. <sighs> You're over there trying to pull up Spice Girls and shit. Hey, shut the fuck up. Uh-huh. See, caught you with your hand oh. down your pants. Dude, I'm sitting outside on the porch. It's too fucking cold to be having my hand down my pants. Hey, you don't have your camera on. I'm not judging, but I don't want to hear it. All right, moving this, on. This is what life is like with two ugly bastards. <laughs> exactly. This is, the, this is the life of the two ugly bastards. Just wait till we get the two other ones. Oh yeah, if we, ever, if we ever get the dwarf and the elf on here, man, it's going to be chaos. It really is. Just, just throwing it out there. But yeah, up next is uh, track number six, St. Jimmy. And I love 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 this one because it's it's catchy it's upbeat it's very like this one feels very punk Mm -hmm. and this is where going back to the story of the album um this is where we get into the alter ego of the jesus of suburbia known as St. Jimmy. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a light in the dark. And Mm -hmm. Jimmy is the in-your-face, loud, aggressive, you know, fuck you, Mm -hmm. I do what I want kind of thing. Um, And that's the vibe that you get when you listen to this song. And reading through the lyrics of this song is when you... Okay, this podcast is going to get taken down i just it's not working anyways okay it sounded Um, like a robot as soon as i turned it on i'm like yep nope computer ain't wanting to work 
Yeah, we're safe. I'm just fucking around. But seriously, we have to be careful with playing that because somebody will try to sue our asses for some fucking copyright or trademark infringement or some dumb shit. No, as long as you put it in there, all rights belong to Green Day and whatnot. As long as you don't say, hey, this is my own shit. There's ways around it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to be careful. Air on the side of caution and whatnot. Just don't put it on YouTube. You don't no, put it fuck. on YouTube. They won't say shit. <laughs> yeah, YouTube will YouTube fucking disown will your fucking ass. Copyright you in a heartbeat. But going back to St. Jimmy, though, like I said, this one's upbeat. It's catchy. It's very punchy in your face, kind of aggressive. Um, I mean, even even the chorus on this song I'm the patron saint of the denial with an angel face and a taste for suicidal. Like uh-huh. that's fucking punk. Yeah. That's fucking putting a cigarette out in your parents' house, you know, after they told you no smoking because they're going to kick you out on the streets and saying, fuck you. I do what I want. Exactly. Cigarettes and ramen and a little bag of dope. I am the son of a bitch and Edgar Allan Poe. That's a hell of a fucking line. No shit. I wish I could write shit that good. Uh huh. Well, hell, if you if you go down a couple more, I mean, you've got "I'm the patron saint of denial" with an angel face and the taste for suicidal. Yep. And yeah, I mean, into, and then it's like, "Are you talking to me? I'll give you something to cry about." Why does that sound like my parents? Right. Quit crying back there. I'll give you something to cry about. No. Exactly. I didn't exactly. Mean to. I'm that's, sorry. That's just like my fucking. I, I, when I read that, the first thing that came into my head was my dad screaming at me, be like, oh, boy, if you don't shut up, I'll give your ass something to cry about. Yes, dad. Yep. And that's when you kind of suck it up because you, you don't want to get your ass whooped. So. Exactly. You, ain't got, you don't want to get your ass beat. That was back when you could beat your kid's ass and they wouldn't say shit. Nowadays, you think about raising your hand. You're like, don't hit him. Fuck you. Well, you know what? I'm not going to get into that because, uh, you know, there were times I don't think an ass whooping actually did me any good. Yeah. No. My dad, I got ass whooping and it didn't do me no good. So I think it just hurt. I I was just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, because I mean, I still did shit I shouldn't have done. (laughs) Yeah, right. My dad finally got to the point. It's like, fuck it. It ain't knocking any sense into him. So what the fuck? So do you want to you want to go with the next song there? And Uh, yeah, I mean, number seven, their next one after St. Jimmy is give me Novocaine. Now, I'm going to admit this right now here. Now, I haven't listened to this album in forever. And I was literally listening to it like 30 minutes prior to this damn podcast. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with it. So, yeah, someone's no, getting wrote up. You didn't do your homework. Yeah. I never, dude, what part of I barely, barely got by through high school to fucking make it? I mean, come on. Okay. Well, I, I had more important things to do than homework at the time. Staring at pictures of Spice Girls does not count as more important things to do. Hey, I had adult things to do before I got on this thing, okay? Adulting sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Adulting does suck. Yeah, especially when you get off of work and find out you have to buy two brand new goddamn tires for your car. That sucks. Exactly. 
Word to the wise, don't grow up. It fucking sucks. Yeah, it's a trap. Don't do it. It's a trap. Don't do it. They all say, oh, it'll get better when you grow up. No, it fucking won't. You'll have bills. You actually have to pay for your own shit. Yeah, but you can't get in trouble for drinking at our age, though. That is true. That is true. But I just want to go back to where, you know, I didn't have to pay for my own shit. Didn't have any bills. You know, that'd be nice. That would be nice. Mm -hmm. But give me Novocaine, though, is actually another really good one. It was another one that was not a single that was released, but it was just another really good song. Um, it starts it starts off like really soft. And then by the end, when the chorus starts coming in, like they really drill it home, the distortion kicks in, the drums are hitting harder. It's just they turn it up. It's a it's a good song. It's another one of those that also kind of has emo vibes to it. Um it, to me, the song, like looking at the lyrics and listening back to it, um, because I've been listening to this album for the past couple of days. It's overachiever. It's a good album. I listened to it once for homework, and then the next time was just for funsies. Um, <laughs> funsies. Yeah, shits and giggles. But this is another hey. one of those. It's it it's kind of introspective, and it's it feels like when it was written. You know, they were kind of looking for an escape. That's that's the vibe. I get from the lyrics and stuff out of this one. I mean, the song is called Novocaine um, or give me Novocaine. This sensation's overwhelming. Give me a long kiss. Good night. And everything will be all right. You know, it's, it's just, it's like you're saying to somebody, dude, life sucks. Help get me out of here. Exactly. Adulting sucks. Help get me out of here. Right, fuck adulting. Help me get, help me get out of here. Right, but yeah, it's. I mean, and I'll and I'll give it to you. When I was listening to it, this, I mean, it's a damn good song. It's, it's a damn good song, and I can see where you kind of get the emo vibes from it, especially if you're sitting there reading the lyrics while listening to the song. Yeah, I get it, but it still doesn't it it, it kind of starts out as the you know you get the emo vibe but once it picks up and you get the distortion here everything you're like ah nah by the time that stuff kicks in you're like yeah it's classic green day exactly back to good old fucking classic green day but then after you go from that like almost softer kind of song or at least a slower vibe to it you move into she's a rebel and uh-huh. she's a rebel is another one of these upbeat it's it's you know it's catchy it's i i don't really know how to describe it it's just it's almost poppy uh-huh and from the story of the album this is where the main character is singing about and i don't know if it was supposed to be his crush his girlfriend or what um but this is where they introduced the character of old what's her name, which is supposed to be like the, the protagonist's love interest in the story. Uh huh. And that's the first time that we hear her get mentioned in the album, but the song is just like fucking banger. Mm -hmm. 
All right, then. Mind wander. Sorry. I was trying to get my computer to work to pull up the next goddamn song, but it's technology. You can't live without it. Yeah. It's a love-hate thing. The next song, though, after She's a Rebel was Extraordinary Girl, and this is the only one on the album that I didn't really like. I, I can agree about... with you on that. Yeah, you with me? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's not that it's a bad song. It's just this was the only one that kind of felt a little out of place. Mm-hmm. But it it plays again into the story of that of what they were trying to do. And this is supposed to be the song of where like Jesus of Suburbia falls in love with what's her name. Uh-huh. And it's just it seems repetitive throughout the whole thing. I mean, I get that with some songs that's you're repeating the same line over and over and over. It's called, you know, it's the hook. It's what they want you to catch on to whenever you're listening to it. But for me, it was just, it was too much and just was not a huge fan of this one. Mm -hmm. But after this one is one of my, all. it is, like as far as the songs that were not singles go, it is probably the best one on here. Mm-hmm. And if Google doesn't quit fucking up on me, yep. Sometimes I just want to punch Google in the face. <laughs> if Google was a person, I would want to smack them around sometimes. I Actually, just love you know this. I just if, love this one line of the lyrics. Where have all the bastards gone? Hell yeah. Yeah, buddy. We're right here, motherfucker. I ain't going nowhere. I've been sitting in the same damn spot for a minute. And it's actually, you know, you've got your little intro to the song, but like it's the first line of the first verse. Where have all the bastards bastards gone? Yeah. Don't ever do that again. Don't judge me. I wasn't even trying. Yeah. But yeah, it's like the first. The the first thing is like the first one is like it's it's like where have all the bastards gone? The underbelly stacks up ten hot. The dummy failed the crash test, collecting unemployment checks like a flunky along for the ride. It reminds me of some people I know. Exactly. Like if you listen to this song and you cannot relate to something in your life within what I just read off. Relate to something, know somebody that sounds like that, well, you're retarded. I know you hate that word, plain and simple, but yeah. If you can't relate to that, to those five lines, some way, somehow in your life, whether it be personal, someone you know, or anything like that, then you should just not listen to the song. Yeah, like, And I think that's what makes this such a good album, you know, start to finish, even though, like I said, the last song before this one, Extraordinary Girl, not a huge fan. This is still such a good album from start to finish. There Uh is something in here for everybody. But again, this letter bomb has classic Green Day written all over it. Yeah. Just like the chorus. 
I mean, the chorus is, it's not over till you're underground. It's not over before it's too late. This city's burning. It's not my burden. It's not over before it's too late. I mean, and if you read that, I mean, it's true. It's literally not over until you are literally physically underground. Yep. Like, your life is not over until you are underground. There's always time to make changes. There's always time to make changes. Always, you know, that's just like the other day I read online, this lady who's 80 some years old, just fucking graduated college. Fuck yeah. Good for her. I'm like, way to go, grandma. Hell yeah. Like it might've took her till she was her eighties, but she did it. That's living proof that it's not over until you are underground. Right. And when you go back and listen to this one, though, like you should take the time to go back and listen to this song after we get done recording the the harmonies, though, on the chorus and just the melody of it. Dude, it's so fucking good. Oh, I was listening to it when I said it when I was, you know, setting up and everything. And yeah, it was it was it's phenomenal. Like it's damn good. It's one of those, like, I could put on repeat and listen to it two or three times in a row before going to the next one. Now, after Letterbomb, though, is the song that everyone loves to hate and hates to love. Yep. Wake Me Up When September Ends. Mm-hmm. I this, would agree with you on that. This, this, sorry to cut you off, but this is a love-hate song. I love the song. It's a damn good song. But I hate the song because every time it fucking comes around to September, all the radio stations, no matter if you're listening to normal radio stations, satellite, this song is played so many fucking times. It's retarded. Dude, it's even become a meme of yeah. like, as soon as September hits, people are posting pictures of Billy Joe Armstrong everywhere saying, wake me up when September ends. Yeah. Now, the first time probably even the first 20 times I heard this song, I was like, dude, this is really good. I like this. And then it started getting to a point where it was being played every fucking where I got tired of hearing it, but Mm -hmm. I still like the song. It's another one of those, like I can't listen to it if somebody else plays it, but if I choose to go and listen to it, okay, cool. Just don't force it on me. Because I've had that happen way too much already. You know? And, I mean, a lot of people also got to understand, too, the actual meaning behind that song. Yeah. Um, I mean, we I, I mentioned it earlier when in the podcast, but when you watch the video for this one, it's, it's kind of touching, kind of sad. But it's another one of those, this was their way of protesting and making a statement. Um, No. Billy Joel wrote, Wake Me Up When September Ends. It's a song about his late father. Because his father died when he was 10 years old in September of 1982. So it's his way of coping with it when he's saying, Wake Me Up When September Ends, because he doesn't want to be through go through that month because that's the month his father died. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, 
I, I looked it up right now, and I'll read it. It says, Green Day's Wake Me Up When September Ends is a moody, heartfelt song that Billy Joe Armstrong wrote about his late father who died of esophageal cancer when the singer slash guitarist was just 10 years old on September 10th, 1982. Damn. hmm Because if you listen, because if, because if you read the lyrics to it, you can tell it's about his dad when he says, like my father's come to pass, seven years has gone so fast, wake me up when September ends. Yeah, I mean, knowing that now, because I'll be honest, I did not know that until you just told me. Mm-hmm. I, I would not have known. Um, no, neither would have I. I didn't even know that that was about that. He wrote this about his dad. No, so I guess this is like one of the only songs on here that doesn't have a connection to the story of the album. But yeah, but and then, mm-hmm. and then going back to the is, video, yeah the video is what they use to try to make a statement out of it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then the other line in the lyrics too is as my memory rests, but never forget what I lost. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard for me to imagine um, because the, the closest people that I've lost in my life, I mean, I've lost friends that were my age to, random shit but um you know i haven't lost a parent i have yeah i know and i i can't imagine what that would be like to go through no it it's still it's still like i look back on it and i remember it clear as day the night my mom got the call from my sister at two two o'clock in the morning and I get woken up and I could barely understand my mom and I walk out into to the hall and she was like Annie just called or she was like your sister just called and she said your dad died I'm like and I'm just sitting there just like half asleep woken up from a deep sleep and I'm just going and the look on my face I was literally like what like what yeah I mean I would probably it you know shock it it doesn't really register whenever you first hear yeah. something like that and it it hit my sister so hard too that that cuz she had literally just seen dad that that afternoon and he was all you know cheery getting going saying I can't wait to get out of you know the rehab facility he was in due to his uh uh heart attack and whatnot he was having or his health or whatnot they put him in rehab and uh you know she was you know he was all chipper and happy saying you know i've got less than a week and then i get to come home and then you get that call at two o'clock in the morning saying hey your dad passed and you're like what the fuck right you know and for me i never let it hit me as hard as it hit my sister my middle sister but the year when it reached a year is when I just completely lost my shit. And I was yeah. like, fuck it. And there's only two times where I lost my shit was at my dad's like memorial and funeral we had that night where my good buddy Squirrel got up and spoke and whatnot and shared some memories. That was that night I lost. And then the year. Because and 
the reason why I lost it at my dad's thing, and I know we're getting off topic and I'll end it here in a minute, is because he was there for me when I lost my dad. And I lost it because I couldn't, I wasn't there when he lost his dad. I, I didn't know, I didn't find out when he lost his dad till like a month or so after it happened. Yeah. So him being there, getting up there, speaking and whatnot is where I just lost my shit. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I can't imagine, um, now, like I said, I, I've I've lost people that I was friends with um, uh-huh. that you know are our age, <laughs> and that sure as shit was not easy. Um, no, I've lost grandparents. Yeah, but to lose a parent is hard to even conceptualize in my brain. Mm-hmm. But you know, we and- can, huh? But it, it, it's one of those where when it happens, you're like, holy fuck. But then you're like, but then you're like, why did it have to happen now? But it's, it is what it is. It's life. Life goes on. You know, I've said it numerous of times and I'll say it numerous of times. When it's your time to go, it's your time to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't control it. Nope. But moving along, moving along. We are finally. On to the last song of the album, which is another long-ass song. Actually, we've got one more after that one. No, we don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. I don't count that one. (laughs) All right, then. No, I was just fucking with you. But no, we are on to the second to the last one. I mean, we can even count bonus tracks if you want, but no, we ain't going to do that. Um, Homecoming, which is another long-ass song, which is just north of nine minutes it's almost another 10 minutes long yep because you've got part one the death of saint jimmy part two east 12th street part three nobody likes you four rock and roll girlfriend and five we're coming home again now this one I actually love a lot, despite the fact that it is another you know nine almost ten minute song. Um, this is another one like Jesus of Suburbia. It's got so many parts to it. It's it's another roller coaster. The lyrics are full of just good good shit, man. Um, it's. A little, you know, crazy when you are kind of reading through them and you're thinking about the story of the album. Um, because starting off with part one, the death of St. Jimmy. You know, it, it even towards the end, the last chorus before it moves into the next part. Jimmy died today. He blew his brains out into the bay in the state of mind. It's my own private suicide. It's kind of dark, but again, it's another one of those things. It makes you think about shit. Uh Uh-huh. And then after that, you know, East 12th Street. It's kind of crazy. After the character of St. Jimmy dies and St. Jimmy and Jesus of Suburbia were like two sides uh, or two personalities in the same person. Um, 
East 12th Street. Jesus of Suburbia is kind of like checking into a mental hospital almost, I guess. Um, Jesus filling out paperwork now at the facility on East 12th Street. He's not listening to a word now. He's in his own world and he's daydreaming. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, when you lose a piece of yourself and you don't really know what to do and you're trying to figure your shit out. Then part three, nobody likes you, which is story of my life. <laughs> man, everybody loves your no ass. Uh, no, you know, I've made some enemies. Yes, because they couldn't get on your level. Well, sometimes I say shit without thinking too. Who doesn't? Yeah, who doesn't? I would like to know somebody who doesn't do that. Yeah. Like who doesn't? think before they speak like whoever thinks before they speak please by all means let us know i would love to know how you do it yeah i don't have that kind of control man neither do i like i don't even have that kind of filter i'll say shit and then 30 seconds later i'll 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 pull a haggard from harry potter and be like i should not have said that Yeah, I've been known to do the same thing. Be like, or I'll just be like, oh shit, did I just say that out loud? Right. (laughs) I meant to say that in my head, not out loud. Yeah, the only time I I have a very, you know, strong filter and I try not to try not to shoot off at the mouth is around my kid or my parents. Because I don't want my kid to make the same mistakes I did, and I don't want my parents to know what kind of mistakes I've made. Or when, uh, or when we were at work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It you got to be careful when you work in an office setting. Yeah. Airport setting, totally different fucking mindset. You say whatever the fuck you want, and if you hurt somebody's feelings, you tell them to go fuck off and get over it. Yeah, that, that's where you hold out an empty hand, and you see, you tell them, you see this empty hand? It's full of all the fucks I give. Oh wait, it's empty. Shit, sorry. Yep. And that's another one where you stick up two hands and you're like, wish in one hand, shit in the other, and see which one fills up faster. Getting back to the song, though, because we've once again derailed a little bit. Hey, there ain't nothing wrong with derailing. It keeps people interested. Sometimes. Sometimes it's like Howard. It's like Howard Stern. We want to hear what they say next. Yeah, except we don't have as many boobs hanging around on our show as Howard Stern does his. That's true. But this song is another one of those long winding roller coasters. But it when it gets to the very last part, we're coming home again. It gets into another like anthem kind of vibe to it where they're just repeating the same line over and over. And this time it actually does not get on my nerves that it's so repetitive. It's, I don't know. It's catchy, you know? Yeah, it is catchy. But then after homecoming, we get to the last song. What's her name? That old there. What's her name? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, sugar tits. (laughs) Sugar tits. Yeah. What's her name though? Um, Closing out the album. It's, you know, Jesus of Suburbia has 
kind of gotten back to a normal point in life. And the song itself is a little, you know, poppy, it feels to me. You know, it's got some pop qualities to it, I guess you could say. Yeah. Even though it's still Green Day, it's still, it's got a upbeat melody and kind of stuff to it. Um, but yeah, it was a good closer on the album. That's yeah, the best was. thing I, I can say to it is it just it fits well in it and it closes it out pretty good. It does close it out pretty good. I'll agree with you on that one. It was not the most memorable song on the album. <laughs> no. But as far as it being a good ending to it all, I like it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. That is our breakdown of American Idiot by Green Day. Yes, it is. You know, I can definitely say it's one of the albums that will always stick out to me and I'll always remember it um, because, you know, it's it was high school, you know? Yeah, it was, you know, that's that's the thing. You know, it was high school. It came out and, you know high school heyday and you're just like fuck man and you listen back on it you listen back to it and you think back on it and you're like holy fuck this thing came out almost 20 years ago and you think back on that and you're like holy shit you know being 13 14 years old you're like all right this is you know this is what we grew up with yep you know this is back when music made sense music had a distinction. We're going to be turning into those old fuckers and be like, back in my day, we listened to Green Day and we wore funny colors in our hair. Damn right. But no, it, it it's one of those where it's starting to get to where it's, it can be considered a, you know, all this stuff, as much as I hate to say it with it being how old it is and how old we are, it can be considered it's starting to get up there into the classics. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm pretty sure, like, the local classic rock station here has played Boulevard of Broken Dreams on it before. Uh-huh. And it made me stop for a second and go, what the fuck is this doing playing on the classic know, rock right? station? Exactly. You know, like, you're starting to get stuff, you know, music from when we were in middle school and high school slowly starting to make its way onto the classic rock stations. And you're, uh, and, and you're sitting back there like, all right, now slow the fuck down. We ain't that goddamn old. Right. This shit. shit is not okay. This shit is not okay. I should not be hearing fucking green day or all this other shit being playing on classic rock stations yet. Calm down now. Easy there. Turbo. Right. Like you I know. have, I have, I, I protest. Exactly. Like this ain't happening there, bud. No. But father time gives no fucks. Nope. Father time does not give no fucks, unfortunately. But with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls out there listening in the podcast world, this has been our personal breakdown of American Idiot by none other green day so until the next time all you beautiful buttholes and ugly bastards we bid you a fond farewell and i guess we'll catch you next time yep we'll bid you a fond farewell we'll catch you next time and please if you are new to this podcast 
if this is your first episode, much appreciated. Thanks for joining us. We've got two other ones out there. Please go check them out. We've got a Facebook page. If you have trouble finding us on Facebook, we will tell you why. Because Facebook is a dick. Due to their privacy laws, we cannot put on our Facebook page the two ugly bastards podcast. So if you would like to find us on Facebook and follow us and chime in and give us ideas or suggestions, comment, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like. Tell us what we did wrong. Yes, tell us what we did wrong. Hell, even if you want an argument, we might entertain it. Our Facebook page is the Tubs, all capital letters, T-U-B-S, podcast. So please, check us out on Facebook, like us, comment, suggestions, arguments. We might entertain them. We might not. Depends on how much you boil our blood and we're just like, you know what? We're going to destroy you and tell your mama at the same time. Damn right. Don't make me get your mama into this. Exactly. But yes, we are the two ugly bastards. And thanks for checking out the show. Thanks for listening. Like I said, if you're new here, we appreciate it. If you're returning, thanks for coming back. We'll have more coming on you. Um, be on the lookout. I ain't coming on nobody. Do we... You, you said Besides it. Him, don't listen to him. Don't listen to that motherfucker. Ain't nobody you said coming it, on dude. Would you let me finish? All right. Anyways. Fine. Anyways. But yes. Check us out on Facebook and everything like that. Um, we try to post middle of the week what our topics are going to be. Um, slacked this week. Sorry. That's my fault. But uh, yeah. Check us out. Like I said. Comment, suggestions, arguments, whatever. We'll entertain it. And but we're also them. on Twitter. Um, if you want to, if you use Twitter more than you do Facebook, hit us up at Two Bastards on Twitter. We also have an Instagram, which I'm going to let him plug that because I have no idea what it is. Yeah, our Instagram is actually the Two Ugly Bastards podcast, um, just with underscores in between all of the words. So the underscore to yada, yada. Um, but yeah, we're on Instagram too. Instagram. We don't really do as much because we don't show our faces and shit. So Instagram being a very picture focused app and program. Um, we're on there. We just might not post as much normally Facebook and Twitter. If you want to holler at us, that's the way to do it. Yes, that is the way to do it. Facebook and Twitter. Um, you can tweet us. You can message us on Facebook, comment, everything like that. But until next time, you beautiful buttholes out there in podcast land, y'all have a good night with whatever the fuck y'all are doing. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Later.